So I've been reading a lot lately and thinking and and learning and my view of the change that I want to bring into the world is getting clearer and clearer. And I wanted to try to share that with you. So I think in, in previous episodes you've heard me talk about ecology and and what sustainability means to me. Um, but the, the most recent development is this book I'm reading um, by Charles Eisenstein. It's called Climate, A New Story. I've been learning a lot from that book. And in the book, it there's one little chapter that, that says, or one little section that says that uh, there's a book, there's another book that Charles mentions called Tending the Wild. And in that book, he says that, or in the author of that other book, I forget the, the name of the author, but Tending, Tending the Wild is the name of the book. Um, in that book, it describes how the wilderness, quote unquote wilderness, before Europeans got to North America was not just some untamed wilderness that was like pristine and natural. It was it was being helped along and managed by the indigenous people. You know, like who knows what it would have looked like if the people weren't there. Maybe it would have been less beautiful and less abundant and the people that lived there were were kind of intensively managing the land so that it would be abundant and it could feed them and they could they could hunt without killing everything and they could eat plants without without killing everything and the farming and the different different things they did and they were they were taking care of the whole land you know they did controlled burnings where they would burn the underbrush so that new new plants would grow green so that the deers would come and eat the plants so that the the deers would thrive so that they could they could hunt deer and and have it be sustainable They were doing lots of other things and and that I don't know about and 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 maybe I'll read this book, Tending the Wild. Maybe I'll put that on my list for next the next book I read. Um and then a couple days ago I was I was walking downtown Toronto. I was walking, I ended up downtown and, and I lived quite a while, quite a ways away. I live quite a ways away from downtown, depending on how you measure distance. But I live about an hour, two hour walk from downtown. And so I decided to walk home. And 
I was walking and noticing all these giant buildings and I was walking through U of T and through the like Bloor Street, like right downtown, giant buildings, tons of people walking around and thinking about this and noticing all of these people with all of these talents and abilities where is all that talent going you know where is where is all this effort going why is this building being built why is why does this building have a store in it what is the store for and thinking about that from an outsider's perspective and thinking about what what would an alien think if if an alien came here like imagine going to another planet looking for forms of life and you see a, a life form and you expect what what are the questions you have about this life form well where does it get its food where does it how does it survive does it need water does it need these things does it need does it need food does it is it does it use photosynthesis like how does it survive and i was imagining if an alien dropped down right in the middle of toronto and asked how do these people survive where do they get their food do they need water do they use photosynthesis well if they were in the middle of the city of toronto they would only see humans and that would be very confusing because you know any smart ecologist or biologist knows that large mammals come after the smaller plants bacteria you know life starts with bacteria then small plants then all these things and first of all you see only humans which is weird and all these giant buildings And then, I don't know, maybe maybe aliens would know what cities are and they would understand this. But for me, walking downtown, it's kind of strange. Like, what are these huge buildings for? What do people do in these buildings? I know they, they work there. They have office jobs. Maybe they work for a bank or something and so all these all these people are dedicated to managing finances that's what they've dedicated their life to or maybe they're in some sort of marketing or advertising or so they're they're dedicated to selling products to other people or maybe they're in developing software so they're developing apps or something or whatever it is, but this is what we're dedicating all of our human capaci capacity to. Um, and then the stores, like, I just w walking by stores, you know, there's, there's expensive jewelry stores, there's clothing stores, there's coffee shops. 
there's you name it there's a store for it and and when you think about what what you really need in life to be happy it's like very few of these stores are necessary very few of them maybe the food stores the grocery stores although the food system would be off would be a, a lot better anyway that's another conversation the food system can be improved <laughs> but maybe the grocery stores are necessary and maybe the clothing stores are necessary but even the clothing stores it's like they're not there just to provide clothing they're there to provide like fashion and they're they're there so that you can make yourself look cool or or look good or some yeah something like that or they're there so that you can f feed your shopping addiction and most a lot of the clothing stores aren't aren't necessary either if we're just if we focus on what we really need and so what would it look like if all of this talent all of this energy all of this effort was put towards what we actually need which is what we actually want which is a healthy living planet with abundant wildlife and abundant sources of natural food and abundant everything beauty you know these giant buildings aren't that beautiful they're kind of ugly and they yeah they're not fun to be in what would happen if if we all just decided that all of this was not necessary and that we could focus all of our energy and all all of our willpower on healing the earth we would have it would take a little bit of getting used to like we would have to practice it and we would have to learn how to do it and there would be mistakes made and we would learn from those mistakes but eventually we we could really heal the earth and we could we could get our food sustainably and we could get our homes build our homes sustainably and we we would realize that we don't need giant homes and we could be much more efficient in our in how we build our homes and how we structure our lives and and it seems like all of this is so obviously what what i want and what i know a lot of people want and it's just frustrating that it doesn't happen like i want to dedicate myself to healing the planet but i have no idea where to start and maybe where to start is trying to get more people to help me trying to get more of those people from the office buildings
so yeah, when I was walking home that day through Toronto, I ended up stopping at a library and reading a book about trees. Maybe that was a good step, learning a little bit about trees, how to identify them. But I don't know. I, if you're listening to this, I, I don't know how to tell you to what to do. And, and only, only you know that. And all I, all I can hope is that you can find some small thing to start. So yesterday, I was walking um, with a couple of people around Lavender Creek in Toronto, and it's a uh, it's very full of garbage and it's very polluted and it's paved. It's it's a concrete creek, and I was thinking, what can I do to help this creek? And again, I run into this, like, I have no idea. I started Googling, how do you remove concrete? <laughs> Are there plants that can remove concrete? Started Googling that, and then the, all the Google results were about how to prevent plants from wrecking your concrete, and no one, no one saying about how to use plants to crack up the concrete and, and re-naturalize an area. I want to learn how to do that. You know, I want to I want to go in there and start start fixing things so that maybe we can drink from that water and then we don't need our water treatment systems. <laughs> and I was doing a whole bunch of research on the water treatment systems and learning about how they have all these high standards and they're they're, they're meeting these high standards for water quality and they get their water from Lake Ontario and then it's pumped back into Lake Ontario after we use it and then they clean it and uh, there's there's chemicals there's chlorine there's ammonia in our water and our tap water and, and they have reasons for that that seem good on on the surface but I don't know much about these chemicals and and I don't even, I don't have control over the water system. And it's like all these thoughts going through my mind and I have no idea where to start. I guess the, the place where I started was that I visited the creek. And maybe that's all I can do for now is visit the creek as much as possible and, and think and, and pray and just witness what's happening and feel feel sad about it and tell people and kind of hope hope that this this message this goal spreads to more people and i have no idea how that's going to happen either but I just have, I have to hope for something. 
And reading this book, this climate by Charles Eisenstein gives me gives me a lot of hope. You know, it's starting to become common knowledge that all these people who are in in these office buildings and working hard and trying to make money and starting to everyone's starting to realize that that's not going to really make you happy. You know. people are starting to realize that money and a big house and expensive cars don't make you happy. That getting the dream job doesn't necessarily make you happy. And, you know, there's, there's articles about how rich people are depressed because they think they've gotten all everything that they want and they realize that they don't have anything that they want they have all these things that they don't need giant houses and expensive cars the thing about a giant house is it's it's lonely <laughs> it's too big it's too many empty rooms it's, there's no life in it if you build a, a small house then you can you have more nature around you, outside. Na nature is obviously proven to to make people happier. And maybe if you do have a giant house, maybe it would make you happier to have more people live in it, so that there can be more life and more more creative energy and more community and more more of these things, more music, more art that that can make you happy and maybe yeah who knows what would happen what if you if these people with giant houses started just letting people live there because they're lonely not not charging rent <laughs> and then we could dedicate all these people could dedicate themselves to healing the land and there's so much so much that is possible that's not happening you know, and we we keep thinking that we need to develop our economies and do and have economic growth so that more people can have more big houses. And economic growth is all is all predicated on this idea that more money is better, even though everyone kind of knows that more money is not necessarily better. That that study that as long as you're out of poverty, more money is not going to make you any happier at all. In fact, giving money away will, will probably be the best thing to make you happy if you have lots of it. Giving money to those who are in poverty, those those people who really would get ha get happier if they had more money, those people who are struggling. So anyway, even though I don't know what to do next, I do have hope because these things are changing. People are starting to realize that we need to help the, the earth. Seeing posters for protests that, that say, save our living planet.
rather than stop fossil fuels, you know, saving our living planet is much of more of a positive view. And anyway, it's a bit of a ramble today, but I think, I think I, it's important ramble. I'll end it there. And as always, if you want to be in touch, the email is paulbartonsounds at gmail.com.